The Business Travel Podcast, brought to you by The Business Travel Magazine. Hi, my name is Bev Ferris and I'm the editor of The Business Travel Magazine and I'd like to welcome you to our latest Business Travel Podcast. This podcast is part of our Business Travel Ambassadors campaign and today I am very happy to be speaking to Donna Fitzgerald, who is recently been appointed CEO of Gito. Hi, Donna. Hi, Bev. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. And big congratulations Good. on your new, oh, new position. You. Very well deserved. So um, how long have you been in the job now? It's not long, is it? Um, well, I've sort of been sort of um, interimly doing the roles since about January this year. But yes, yeah. So it's uh, yeah, about five months, really. Yeah. How's it going? It's been good. It's been yeah, it's been it's been really really good. The uh, we've been very busy as a business. Business travel has fundamentally come back kicking and screaming, which is great. Uh, I know you know everybody in the industry has seen exactly the same. But no, it's been it's been a good five months and a good start to twenty twenty three. Oh, excellent. So, what, what, I'd like to start off just by talking about your your career because I understand you've always worked in business travel. Is that is that correct? Um, actually, I started my life in the retail travel on the other side of the fence. Yeah. So uh, initially, like most people, well, like a lot of people that I know, I fell into the industry. So uh, a long time ago when I was back at school, I don't know why. If you ask me why now, I don't know. I decided that I wanted to be a quantity surveyor. Okay. If you ask me why, I think it was because it was a very male dominated industry and I wanted to go in there and show that women could break down barriers. Even at 16, that's what I thought. Um but then I failed my physics, so failed very, very miserably in terms of getting a foot in that door um, and decided that I needed to look for a new career. So I went to a college open day and did a travel and tourism course. Um, first year into the travel and tourism course, we went on a work placement, did a two week work placement and they offered me a job. And I went, yeah, that's great. I really want to earn some money. So I'm going to get out into the real world. So um, so worked in retail for about two years before I then jumped the fence and moved over to a uh, corporate uh, environment. Actually, the the retail agency that I worked for always had a corporate arm to it as well. So we were sort of dabbling in both sides, which predominantly you did back in the day, which was a, a long time ago. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's where I started. Which company were you working for in retail? In retail, I started my life with AT Mays. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yes. Who I don't think exist anymore. Actually, uh, I think they were. I think they were acquired by Carson at some stage. I might be wrong on that. Um, so yeah, AT Mays and then with AT Mays and I moved over to AA Travel, which then got acquired by Portman from a corporate point of view. Um, so did a few months in that environment. And then I moved over to what was an independent travel management company called Longsdale Travel based in Derby. Yeah, okay. um, and, and have remained in that business through different iterations for over 30 years now. Okay, and that, and then you said you you said you first found decided to do tra- travel to an open day at, at school. So what made you? So it wasn't something that was was your plan. But what what made you decide to go for that from that open from that one open day? Yeah, so went to the open day. It was actually a business studies course with travel and tourism, and it just sounded a little bit more exciting than just business studies on its own. And I think the clincher for me at the time was you got to go on an overseas trip. <laughs> which sounds ridiculous but at 16 that's what what sort of what sort of drew me in um and yeah started the role and you know sort of learned about stuff that I didn't even think I knew about you know infrastructure um different countries different cultures all the sort of stuff that I didn't even assume would be wrapped up in that in that sort of educational process um and yeah since then I've just become a, a travel enthusiastic uh enthusiast and um 
you know, I'm a massive advocate that travel is a huge educational journey as well. Uh, and again, I used to have these conversations with my sons who are now grown up, their school teachers, when we were talking about um, academic, uh, you know, academic studies and all that sort of stuff. And I would go, well, can we just bring travel into this? Because it's hugely educational if you take these kids on overseas trips or teach them about different cultures, different environments, what goes on in the world. That is just as important to me. And so I've always been a real advocate of of the, I suppose, the development and education that people don't necessarily tie up with with the travel industry either. Yeah. So your sons haven't gone into travel then? They've gone into both? No, they haven't. No, they've been very lucky and done a lot of travel with me over the years. So I think they've experienced a lot of travel, but no, they, uh, they're they in completely different industries. Yes. Would you have encouraged, had, had, did you encourage them to, to join travel or would you like them to? Yeah, I did. Yeah, no, I did actually. Um, I did. I, um, my eldest son has sort of gone into engineering. So he's very, you know, he passed his physics. I, I failed mine. So obviously something went wrong there. Um, he's gone into engineering and, and, and likes that side. And he's actually quite entrepreneurial and wants to start his own business up at some stage. My other son actually <laughs> did say to me, can I have a job with your mum? And I said, no. You can't. I don't want you working for me. You can go and work for somebody else, but I don't want you working for me because, you know, he would not necessarily bring this the right work ethic that I would want him to bring to work at this moment in time. Okay. <laughs> so I think I'm a bit of a hard taskmaster on, <laughs> uh, on my expectations of them in my environment. Yes. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's the right thing as well. <laughs> so, what, so, apart from the, obviously the educational side of, of, about traveling, what do you love about working in this industry? Obviously, you've been in it a long time. I mean, do you? you obviously you you know a lot about it you know that a lot of the people in it what what is it that particularly has, has kept you in it because most people do tend to stay in it don't once they've joined so yeah yeah is, i think it's an industry that once you once you've been sucked in and you you, you know we all love this and you know everybody you talk to says i love the industry i work in and the reason i think that we love it is the variety that we have there's a huge amount of variety and i think today as well it's about understanding the opportunity that is is within the industry, people just assume if you sit out, well, first of all, if you sit outside the travel management industry, people assume um, you just book holidays. You know, even today, most of my family think I book holidays for a living. You know, they ask me for advice on where can I book a holiday? Should I book it with TUI? Should I book it with Jet2? I have to explain again that that's not what I do. So there's, um, I think once you get inside the corporate travel industry, you realise that there is a huge amount of opportunity that you don't realise until you're in there, you know. So there's project manager roles, there's account management roles, there's sales and bid development, there's finance roles. Um, so you can start in an entry level role, which is where I started. And the opportunity and the experience that you can get is huge. Um, and you don't have to do that by going and having a university degree. And that's absolutely fine. We have we take people who are university graduates as well as people who come in at entry level roles and they all have different skill sets. But we can define and create the career path that people want within this industry. And that I don't think you get everywhere else. Mm-hmm. So looking back over your career, is there anything you, you might have changed or done differently? Or do you? Th- um. It's a difficult one, isn't it? Because, you know, you, you, you sort of go, do I have, you know, hindsight is a great thing and we'd always do things differently. I think for me, I probably um, didn't press the accelerator button on my career until later on. And that was just around balancing work and family. And that was my decision. Um, I think the great thing about the business that I work in is it, and I say this to, internally to my own teams, is that it allowed me to press the accelerator when I wanted to, but also take the foot off when I wanted to as well. So when I had my children, I worked part time and they allowed me to do that. 
when I decided I wanted to come back full time, they allowed me to do, you know, the business allowed me to do that. When I decided I wanted to grow my career, I was given the right mentoring within the business, given the right challenges to learn, allowed to go and experience different areas of the business. Um, by speaking up and going, I need more. What can I do? Mm. Mm. So that would that be your advice to people that say somebody who's just starting out in the industry and thinking, I'd love to be a CEO like Donna. What would your advice be to them in terms of what, what they need to do? Start doing yeah. that? Yeah, my advice would be to get as much experience across the whole business as you can. So don't pigeonhole, pigeonhole yourself in one area. Make sure that you get a good people management experience alongside what I call the individual contributor experience. So stand on your own two feet, do a role where it's a, a you know an IC role where you've got to be um, adaptable and engage and network with people and grow your influence that way but also make sure that you get some of that people management experience as well. So you, you need to have both sides of the coin really to move through, um, but try and understand the business from the ground up. Okay. Good advice. And what would you, uh, what, ne- what would you say of the changes have been in terms of the industry in, in terms of uh, career development? I mean, have you seen, for one, I've noticed I've, I've kind of come back into it again. I was in, involved in the sort of late 1990s, a lot more women in senior positions now than there were, back in the day so yeah. that's is that something you're you you've obviously you're you're living proof of it but is that something that you've that you've seen change or any other changes that you've seen in during your career yeah. yeah I think I have seen that change more I mean you know if I go back to when I first started my first role every manager I had would have been male absolutely even though the demographic then would have been you know pretty much what it is today, 70, 30 or 80, 20 split um against uh females and males. Um, but I think um, yeah, so I think the opportunities have become fairer, but I, th- I don't necessarily think that's just in travel. I think that is that's across a wide spectrum of industries. You know, gender uh, gender discrimination is not as bad as it was, but it still exists today. You know, let's not kid ourselves; it still exists today. But I'm also a great advocate in believing in yourself, pushing yourself forward, and you know, going if there's an obstacle there, I need to you know get through that obstacle. And if I don't get the role that I want, um, get the right feedback. And make sure that feedback is valid and work on it and then revisit it next time around and hopefully be successful from the learning journey that you've been on. Yeah. And you mentioned that you had some good mentoring. We had men- who who was there anyone in particular or any or any I think yeah, it's 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 an interesting question. You know, you sort of go, who's mentored you or who's been your biggest influence? And 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 there's more than one person actually. So probably my biggest influence would have been my dad, um, because he came from a very small village in Ireland where there was no opportunity. He left, he lived in a number of countries, he built his own businesses and he taught me to resi- be resilient and not take no as an answer. Um, so he would have been a huge influence, but in terms of, you know, working mentors um, throughout my career, there have been numerous ones. Um, you know, some have been male, some have been female, some have been internally within the industry, some have been externally in a different industry, but in a similar job role that can provide me advice and go look at things a different way. Um, and I think it's really important that you have those people backing you and, and also pushing you and challenging you and questioning what you're doing and saying, take a step back, think about things differently. So we did have one MD who, uh, and I'm going to say she dragged me kicking and screaming into a sales role um, that I didn't want to do, um, but thought, no, do you know what? I need to, I need to take this opportunity after a number of conversations. Um, 
and actually probably changed my life because I then stayed in that role for about 10 or 12 years and was very, very successful in terms of going out and, you know, talking to customers and explaining why they need to choose us and why our industry is great and all of that sort of stuff. Um, you know, then I would have another men, uh, uh, you know, another person that I would look up to is somebody again who I worked for who showed me how to take a problem, take it apart properly, take it back to the ground and look at how we solve it in the right way and solutionize in the right way. Um, and then I would work with another person who showed me the right and the wrong way to treat people and what you should do um, uh, engaging with people across the business. So uh, not it's not a one size fits all. I think I've taken and learnt from a lot of individuals over the years who've all added real value to me. Okay, so moving on now to um, Agito and what Agito is doing. In terms, we've talked about this before for an article we did, I think, last year. Um, but just an update on that. So, what 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 are you doing as a company to attract and retain talent? Because obviously, this is a big problem for the industry at the moment. Um, I think it, apparently, it's get, is, is it getting easier? Possibly, I don't know. You, you tell me what. What's... Yeah. Hmm. I mean, like everybody else, the last two years from a recruitment and a talent retention point of view have been difficult. You know, the industry, as we know, lost a huge amount of talent. Some of that, some of that talent has started coming back into the industry now that they see it as being more stable. And actually, I think people go to a different industry or had to go to a different industry because there was no choice and, and didn't enjoy it as much. But they are now coming back because it is more stable. Yeah. So, you know, we've always invested in what I would call youth. But we sort of did that. Strangely enough, I think we might have had this conversation before, but we sort of did that below our resource line, not included in our, you know, everyday resource. Um, and we had to learn to bring people in from different industries because, again, pre-pandemic, there was a lot of talent there and people moved around. So you could always get experienced people. And that was great. And I think we sort of insulated ourselves in terms of as an industry go, we need experienced people or we'll bring people in at entry level, but we'll train them the way we want them to. And then they become part and parcel of who we are. Um, what we've done is we've taken on people who've got customer service skills. They've worked in different environments. It might have been a supermarket. It might have been a department store. It might have been a call center for an insurance company. But they've got the fundamental skill sets that we've needed. And we've brought them in and we've taught them about our industry. We've also gone out and we've invested in and, and we always have relationships, but I think we've sort of reinvested in our relationships with local schools and colleges to actually put on their agenda. You know, colleges do travel and tourism courses, which are fine. A lot of them are very um, retail related. Um, so we wanted to go in there and influence and go talk to your students about corporate travel, not just retail travel. And actually getting into schools before they get to, you know, GCSE stage and well, at, at that sort of stage when they're taking the GCSEs and considering their careers and talking to them about what a career in travel looks like. And it's not just booking a holiday or it's not just being, you know, a consultant and not being able to do anything else. It's having, a, you know, you can have a career, an operational career, you can move into project management, all the stuff we've we've spoken about earlier. But it's about targeting these people when they are considering a career and at 16 I didn't know what a travel management company was and I still think today it's a hard sell because people don't understand that it is an industry and it's an industry that offers great opportunity we've all come together as an industry because of the lack of talent and you know we're talking about business travel ambassadors and there is a huge um there's a huge joining of forces um to promote us in the right way and and, and I, you know I, I'm hugely passionate about 
bringing people in, making sure they get the right career, the career that they want, and actually knowing that no door is shut to them. If they, you know, for me, I started as a retail consultant and I'm now managing a GTO, um, but I have been through a range of different jobs. I've been in a sales role, I've been in an account management role, I've done operational management, I've done customer solutions and built up a huge set of skills by doing those different jobs. And yeah, I'm just a great advocate in terms of promoting that externally. And what about retaining the staff that you've got? What, what, yeah. what I and mean, particularly with, um, and also the, the, the impact of kind of, <laughs> you're from home now how much how much time are you spending in the office these days and how is that affecting the the way the companies run and the way that you can retain staff and keep people motivated um as well as bringing new people in and and and, and doing the, the training that they giving them the training that they need yeah so we offer like everybody else a hybrid working environment i mean pre-pandemic we offered a hybrid working environment anyway, but probably not, well, definitely not for our what I would call our core operational people. That has changed. We have a number of people actually who want to be in the office full time. And, and you talk about retaining people. We actually retain some of our people because we have an office that they can come to five days a week because they don't want to work at home. They haven't got the right setup or something's not right at home. They want to be in an office. Um, but we offer hybrid working to all of our people from an operational perspective. Most of our people, if they live near an office, we have some who are totally remote, um, are coming in 60% of their working week. Um, and that really works well for us in terms of collaboration. Um, sorry, excuse me. Just, uh, in terms of collaboration, team building, and that learning, uh, learning from from people, and and I think you know for their own well being and mental health, you know people who worked from home during the pandemic, some of them couldn't wait get wait to get back into the office because they just wanted to engage and be with people face to face. So we offer that choice, and that is that is a, a huge part of our employee value proposition to people that we do have offices. We encourage you to come in. Um, People like our sales and account managers and uh, product teams and IT teams always worked hybrid. So it hasn't really changed for them. Um, and then we do uh, regular meetings where we ask people to come in together. Um, we do offsite meetings as well. So we have a number of people who work remotely, but they're all in the one team. So we encourage them to meet up somewhere central in the country. We might use one of our venue partners to help them get together. Um, so we do a huge amount of working in terms of encouraging people to come together um but not forcing it at the same time um so that gives people the right work-life balance that they need we also get the comfort that we can have people on site if we need to to do the learning development and training that we offer as well yeah. we've also invested in learning and development and brought that back in-house into agito um we've launched our talent academy this year which is about investing in our leaders of the future we want to understand what they want from their career journey and how we can encourage them to get it with us at Agito. So we do internal mentorship and support and help them drive that career path that they need. We've also launched our leadership management development program, which again is encouraging our leaders to lead in the right way and manage their people in the right way, but at the same time develop their skills. Um, and all of this investment that we do in our people encourages our other people to go I can go on that journey if I want to if mm. I want to go on the journey and I want to grow my career that's absolutely fine if I want to stay in the job that I'm in for the next few years that's absolutely fine as well but we will help them upskill all the way through their uh, life cycle with us in effect and it's actually a strategic priority 
of GTOs that we look at our people experience and that includes their life cycle throughout their time with us as well. Yeah, definitely. And have you noticed, obviously you've been in the industry for a long time and you can remember back in the day, are, are the people coming joining now, are they looking for different things from their career? There, is there a difference in the way that they approach their work and the work yeah, I think, what's I think they, yeah, I think work life balance is much more important today than it ever has been. Um, you know, um, social value is hugely important as well. You know, so when we're employing people, they want to know what our ESG strategy is, how we're investing in social, in communities, in sustainability. And that is a, you know, is a huge buy in for people to come and join us as a business as well. Um I also think people are more inclined to take career breaks and go, do you know what? I want to take six months off. I want to take 12 months off. Can I have a sabbatical? Are you, you know, have I done enough with you to have a sabbatical to come back? And as a business, we are always really open to encouraging people to do what they need to do for their own well-being um, alongside our business needs. And we are more than happy to welcome people back who do a great job for us and bring the talent and experience that we need as well. Yeah. Well, excellent. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today. It's been really fascinating. And as I said, congratulations on your new role. Thank um, you. Uh, and good luck with everything. And, and, and see you soon. Take care. Well, you say, yeah, I'll see you at the Business Travel Show in June, hopefully. It's not that far away now. It was 1st of June today. So, yeah, see you in a few weeks. <laughs> thank you, Beth. Good to catch up. Take care. Bye. bye. The Business Travel Podcast, brought to you by The Business Travel Magazine.